0: You're listening to The Soccer Show, brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic on 107.7 The Franchise. Down but not out, The Soccer Show is here. Ryan Chapman, Todd Lizenby, we've also got Matty Goldfish, Matt Branson, keeping us on air as always. We're presented by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic. Ryan, me here in studio. Todd, you're out on location in parts unknown. First off, how are you feeling, my man? I I know you're not on
1: location. I'm in isolation. Is what is where I'm at. Do we
0: classify? Have you picked up a knock?
1: Uh, No, but uh, I will say, COVID has knocked me down quicker than a Philip Billing goal. Yeah. That's, a, that's a very uh, uh, that's a very good reference on today's day of Premier League action. Is, uh, that was kind of the talking point from the 9 a.m. matches, which are underway already. Most of them at halftime. We're about to start the second half. We had City winning earlier this morning against Newcastle. There's quite a bit to get into today, as always, here on the Soccer Show. Yes, absolutely we've got We will not let COVID stop us. Just like the Premier League didn't let COVID stop them, and unlike Liverpool's title, we won't have an asterisk by today's show. Yeah,
0: there will be no asterisk, although it will probably end in a Chelsea defeat as the Liverpool title that so we may have some synergy there. You know what I'm doing
1: today, Ryan? I'm broadcasting behind closed doors.
0: Oh, <laughs> no fans allowed. No fans allowed at Casa de Elizabeth. But we will roll through, like we mentioned, a ton, a ton of Premier League action since we last spoke. There was also a Care About Cup final. We'll talk about that uh, on the other side uh, as we kind of get into some of the other stuff. But let's, let's go into the way back machine a little bit. But before we do that, I will give you those scores just in case you're driving around. Right now, Chelsea and Leeds are scoreless at the half. Duh.
1: No, Chelsea haven't scored. Stunning.
0: Stunning. I know. Uh, (laughs) Bournemouth does take that 1-0 lead over Arsenal into the break. That goal, as Todd mentioned, came, what, 19 seconds? Or was it 9 seconds? No. How about
1: 9.11 seconds, second fastest goal in Premier League history, only behind Shane Long's 7.69 second goal.
0: Das Otto. There going on with the (laughs) Cherries. Villas up 1-0 on Palace. That one's at the half. All these are at the half. Obviously, Uh, Brighton 1-0 over West Ham currently and Wolves and Spurs have nothing going. No goals there. That's what's happening right now. We last, You'll, love
1: this. You'll love this, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, 86% possession for Arsenal in the first half. If Bournemouth, <laughs> Bournemouth said, 1-0. we got our goal. F it. <laughs> You're packing it in for we're, 89 minutes and 51 seconds.
0: We're parking the bus. Does anyone have a bike, a lime scooter, anything that they can put in front of that goal? That's what Bournemouth's doing. And you know what? I respect it. I respect it. I do, too. A hundred percent.
1: Reminds me, you know, the last time I saw a a possession like that and the team with the lower possession won, it might have been the Stevie G slip, which your buddy Jose Mourinho helped City win a title with that
0: one. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Jose Mourinho and uh, club legend Samuel Eto'o, who was doing the old man with the Walker celebration routinely throughout that season. Oh, boy, do Chelsea fans pine for Samuel Eto'o leading the line these days. Uh, We'll pick up there. We last spoke last Saturday, right? Um, Sunday, there was a what should be on paper is a glamorous fixture, though, oh, my God, Chelsea just spilled. it. What just happened? Do we have a goal? Ruben Loftus-Cheek on the right flank, plays it across, flashes into the box. Raheem Sterling. Tries to. Uh, I would classify that as, you know, the slide tackle goal. Um, if uh-huh. he had put it anywhere on frame, uh, our friend, the Leeds goalie, was rooted. And instead, that bad boy is over the bar. Over the bar. Of course it is. Hey, welcome, hey, welcome
1: welcome to Raz Finishing.
0: Hey, look. Chelsea did not concede in the first minute out of the half, which was an improvement over what happened last <laughs> Sunday at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. As we were saying, it should have been a glamorous fixture on paper. Uh, You and I talked a little about it because anyone who has eyes and watched either of those two teams play knew it was going to be a boring slugfest. And that's what it was for 45 minutes. Pretty boring, uh, a stalemate, one team that can't create in Chelsea versus a Tottenham team that sets up to constrict their opponent. Out of the break, though, uh, Graham Potter, clearly the inspirational figure, puts the Chelsea back line to sleep as Oliver Skip. Plays didn't have
1: Ollie Skip as the goal scorer.
0: Did not. Yeah, I did not either. Ollie Skip buries one, and then Harry Kane comes back in the 82nd minute to finish that bad boy off in a game that was dominated thoroughly by Tottenham, and, and Chelsea never looked like it was going anywhere. I want to start with Spurs here, Todd, because th- there's so much bad feelings and, and grumbling and things like that surrounding Antonio Conte. Remember, it was... Not as certain he was even going to come on just because of his history warring with boards. Tottenham's board, not one that has been known to really just open up the pocketbook for their manager just because they ask. Now, Conte's been sidelined a little bit with the surgery. You've got his number one assistant coming in. And and Spurs looked less stressed, less frantic in the first half when when they usually concede or early. That was kind of the story of the first half of their season. I think it's almost been a calming influence for Tottenham to not have Antonio Conte in the technical area, as weird as that sounds.
1: Yeah, I I still just, you know, I know that I do this argument with basketball a lot, and I understand that you can win different ways, right? I mean, uh, Jose is one of those managers who we talk about all the time is so good at winning in multiple different ways. It's not like Pep where he's got his system. He figures out what he has, and he makes it work with what he has. And I respect that, right? I respect when guys can win like that. Much like in college basketball, I respect that Virginia won a national championship under Tony Bennett. But that style of play just lends itself to inconsistency, in my opinion. Uh, It's hard to be dominant at winning close games, especially in a sport like soccer, where if if one chance goes awry for you, the other team can pack it in and make it so hard for you to score. And look, we saw Tottenham do that in the FA Cup midweek against Sheffield United. And fall right now. Tottenham are scoreless at halftime in a match where they should be ahead. If you just look on paper at who they're taking on today in Wolves, and I, it's I struggle to to take Tottenham serious with this style of play under Conte because while Conte is a good manager, I just don't think they have enough good players to win with that style. And quite frankly, Ryan, much like I argue with like Porter Moser at OU. I don't know why a good player would want to come in and play under that style, right? Especially the type of player that that you need to be dominant in the Premier League. I think I think Tottenham are kind of leaning into the hey, let's just try to win a trophy every now and again, um, and not open up the pocketbook and try to not open up the checkbook and try to compete with the Man Cities of the world, try to compete with the Newcastle's of the world and what they can spend, or even the Man United's. And and listen, if that's their thing, that's their thing. I just think you're going to see inconsistency from them. That said, uh, they took on a team right now in Chelsea who, like if you want to talk about a team that you can't trust to win a close one right now, it's Chelsea. In fact, you can't trust Chelsea to win anything right now. It's, it's almost like a new depth of low for Chelsea. It's kind of amazing how far they've fallen under Graham Potter. And you want to talk about leaning into something, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Chelsea have leaned into being patient with Graham Potter. And I don't really think that there's anything bad that can come from that this year. I think, uh, I think he's going to be on a short leash early next season though, is the way it feels to me, Ryan. I don't know about you.
0: Well, some of, so the background reporting uh, going on at Chelsea, things like that have been the party line of their supporting grand part of are backing grand part of are supporting grand part of are backing grand part. Last week, We did, however, talk about there was a little nugget in one of their last briefs where a club official was like, and by the way, the buyout is not the barrier for why we are backing Graham Potter, which was one of the rumors floating around is that Todd Bowley and Clear Lake Capital had given Potter this ironclad, whatever it was, it was fully guaranteed and and they didn't want to eat like 60 million pounds for half a season. So I thought that was of note that Chelsea went out there and, and dropped that. And now this week, Todd, you've heard that there are those in the leadership group that if he loses this match to Leeds which this is going to be a 1-0 win for Leeds book it like if if you're in Kansas <laughs> listening to us on the app right now just pull up your app whatever live odds you can get on the Leeds money line take it it's a good bet um if they lose to Leeds and then Dortmund the the second leg of that like that's what Chelsea season is right now is it can you turn that fixture against Dortmund around if not Chelsea are playing for nothing they're adrift mid table uh and it's basically just Use the rest of the season to get everybody healed up and, and acclimated. we we'll try to
1: do what Arsenal's doing this
0: year. Yeah, the, the difference is, I've seen the Arteta comparison a ton. Here's the difference. Mikel Arteta came in and improved Arsenal's points per game. Even though it wasn't where it wanted to be, but Mikel Arteta improved that, and then he improved it again in the second season, and now they're flying. Holy, I just almost cussed on air. Uh, Chelsea Football Club have scored a goal. Oh my goodness. Wesley Fofana heads that bad boy home. Todd, it is March 4th. <laughs> Chelsea are up 1 0 on leads. Chelsea have now matched their entire goal hall from the month of February. There you go. Well, you well, know, February is, the is a, shortest. Short yeah, no, exactly. a short month. Yeah. <laughs> Great minds think alike, <laughs> exactly. Todd.
1: <laughs> exactly. exactly. You can't count that. It's a short month. Exactly. So, and it's not like they were playing fixtures, you know, twice a week in February or anything like that. <laughs>
0: It also came off a set piece, which Chelsea have been like bottom of the Premier League on both attacking and defending set pieces. So I don't I don't know what's happening. My world has been turned upside down. Please bear with me. But uh I think actually, other than Chelsea just being a, a total bleep show right now, uh that goal notwithstanding, the most interesting thing that came from this Spurs Chelsea game, and, here, and here's the last little bit before we hop off on to uh the other Premier League fixtures from the midweek, we finally got to Find out, Todd, what the international, I gave you a red card, and I had to take the red card off via VAR. I was curious what that was going to look like, and it turns out just uh, taking the red card, putting it in the air, and then doing a big, no, 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 with your hands. is good enough as the (laughs) sign for, I'm sorry you did not actually get sent off.
1: I've seen this once before, and the time I saw it before was the red card came up. There was the, like, incomplete pass thing almost, and then he took the card and very... Very forcefully, put it back in his pocket. I think I saw that like in a Bundesliga match or something. So, uh, I think there's, it's cool. It's cool now with VAR, with cards being given, you know, after the fact, or cards being taken off after the fact. It's cool now. We're seeing a lot new, a lot of new uh, referee uh, interactions with players. It's kind of fun.
0: Yeah, kid, Just the entire world of soccer. Uh, meet me at camera two. You've already got the special pitch side tv setup right so that the refs can go uh look at w- whatever's happening can i make a suggestion can we just add a little microphone right there and do it just like the nba does it where the ref can just pop on and just be like after the var review the red card's been rescinded and then it doesn't I, seem that hard does that it? would be way easier after the var review goal stands goals cut off it for outside i feel like that would be a bit easier than what they currently do which is just putting it on the video board and then like that the World Feed has to put their camera on the video board to find out what's happening.
1: We have, uh, we have another goal, by the way. Goal! No! Goal! No! Brighton and Hove Albion are now up 2-0 on West Ham United through Joel Veltman.
0: They're flowing, baby. The goals are yeah. flowing.
1: Yeah, so 2-0 for the Hovers.
0: 2-0 for... You the... think that's
1: Jay-Z's favorite team? Hove.
0: Um. No comment. Just a thought. <laughs> I mean, no. I think it has to be, right? <laughs> Just a thought. <laughs> has to be. Has to be for sure. Uh, Todd, we had a couple of midweek games in the Premier League. Like we said, the other big game on Sunday, the really massive game, the Carabao Cup Final. We will get to that here on the other side in our second segment, but... You had Man City
1: Ar- won 4-1 Sunday as well, no big deal. Yes,
0: yes. Man City absolutely <laughs> just thrashed, which uh, keeps the this title race going to and fro, which is why that early Arsenal goal that was conceded today is going to be huge. But uh, Arsenal didn't have any problems in the midweek of 4-0 thrashing over Everton in the reverse fixture. Sean Dyche was able to pull that little rabbit out of the hat in his first game to beat Arsenal 1-0. Uh, this was not that situation. Arsenal absolutely pummeled Everton, then Liverpool a 2-0 win over Wolves. So, uh it looked like business as usual in the midweek there, Todd. Was there anything of note for you or was this uh two of the teams that should be doing this all year long look dominant?
1: Yeah, I think those were kind of the results I expected to be honest with you. Arsenal looked really good, especially that uh quick stretch where they had the back-to-back bolt, back-to-back goals in that match. Uh just Everton are completely overmatched and right now Everton sit on 21 points on the live table. Uh, they are, what, two points clear of safety. In fact, three points clear of safety because of goal difference. West Ham currently in 17th. They're the last team uh, that are alive right now. It would be it would be crazy just following the Premier League for, and I think we probably followed it for about the same amount of time, Ryan. It would be crazy if Everton and West Ham both got relegated.
0: Which yeah, it, there's a it, realistic
1: chance that happens.
0: And, and I know that... Um... Everton have the long history of not being knocked down off the top flight. But, yeah, absolutely for you and I, and, and I feel like when a lot of our listeners tuned in, Everton and West Ham, they were challenging for Europe slots right. not very long ago. And now they could both get dropped in the exact same season. I, I've, I'm still struggling to wrap my head around it. Every time I pull up the table, I'm like, that's not going to happen. They're going to figure it out. And as we get farther and farther into the season, they have not figured anything out, either one.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, uh, Everton are the one team that I thought for sure we're going to turn it around. You know, there was all the talk about the new stadium, and I don't know where that goes if they do get relegated, but, um, and West Ham obviously moved into a new stadium here recently as well. That's another kind of crazy part about this. These are, these are two teams who have spent a lot of money to move into new digs or to plan to move into new digs as Bournemouth had just scored to make it 2-0 over Arsenal. Holy cow. From a corner, the Cherries double the lead.
0: The cherries are popping. The fans, the fans, the fans are are
1: popping. Uh, 2-0 Bournemouth. This is massive. As it stands
0: right now, Arsenal's lead at the top is just two. We have a nice, encouraging, let's go clap from Mikel Arteta, but I I don't know what else he's supposed to do. That was just, that was a well-executed corner. That that was a well-executed corner.
1: It was. Bournemouth are, uh, as they like to say, they're taking their chances. They are indeed. Uh, Who scored that goal?
0: I'm looking right now, tough to get a good view of it from uh, 25. Pardon me for not
1: knowing the entire yeah, that's, roster. That's what I I was,
0: ba- basically, what I was trying to do is say, uh, I, I can tell you that it was 25 Google that search? scored it. I was, I was, uh, I'm on foot mob right now, rapidly embarrassed, because I'm just like, look, I'm sorry. I, I don't have the with squad front to back. That's my fault. That's on me. How
1: about Senesi with the goal?
0: Marco. Marco, Marco Sanesi. One little bit of an Arsenal, an Arsenal adjacent uh, conversation with the, if West Ham goes down, Arsenal will be very happy because uh, suddenly they're going to go to the table and be like, so all that money you want for Declan Rice, you're now a championship club?
1: Uh, right. <laughs> you know the rumors earlier this week, and and this you know how these rumors go, was that City were trying to swoop for Declan Rice and Jude Bellingham.
0: Well, that would be fun.
1: That they want to pull off the double, so... Yeah, that you know, I'm 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 here for it.
0: Next city manager, <laughs> I that idea. next city manager after Pep and before Company would be Garrett Southgate, right?
1: Yes, exactly. And let me also say, since we're talking about managers, just real quick, I would love to give a happy birthday. He turned 76 a few days ago. We uh, we celebrated his birthday on the franchise morning show. The great Harry Redknapp turned 76. Oh, years old beautiful! On Thursday, uh, happy birthday, Harry.
0: Yeah, very very happy birthday!
1: And I think he's been linked with the Arsenal job today. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back, welcome back. For those that don't get that joke, Harry Redknapp for about uh, I don't know 15 years. Every time there was a job opening, he was He was like the Mike D'Antoni of oh, the Yeah, Oh, Yeah,
0: Mike D'Antoni, <laughs> um, Mark Jackson. Jeff Fisher for a long yeah, time. Yeah, Jeff Fisher in the NFL. Mark Jackson. Yep, yep. Uh, And now I guess Urban Meyer in college football Except for a little bit different reasons Uh, Putting a button on The Premier League fixtures As we said, again, we'll get into that Massive United-United matchup From the Carabao Cup last weekend This morning Your favorite team, Todd, Man City Put it on that Newcastle side 2-0 for City Erling Holland produced a gift That will live in my nightmares forever uh, Surrounding the kerfuffle uh, as, as he had that <laughs> the look smile. yeah the smile that i was just like that needs to that needed to be part of the marketing ploy for the horror movie smile i think uh when when they were sending those people to like the world series to sit behind home plate and just right. stand up and smile uh deviously that was what holland did and that's did exactly what city did to newcastle
1: did you see the last uh the stoppage time at the end uh i Holland Did was trying not. to see out the clock in the corner, and he won five straight corners. And he gave, he gave that <laughs> smile again and just kept. And he just Jamal kept Lacelles, after it. Jamal Lascelles got so mad at one point. But it was a match, honestly, 2-0, flattered city. Newcastle United had a bunch of chances in that match. They they could have easily scored three or four goals themselves. And, and when I talk about had chances, I mean had chances in front of goal where they just scuffed shots. And it happened... You know, three different times that they scuffed a chance in front of goal. It happened another time where uh, the ball was sent in front of goal and uh, Nathan Ake made a great last-minute tackle. Ake's been great for City this year, too. Um, But, yeah, it it wasn't the best performance from City, but they had two really good chances. Phil Foden and Bernardo Silva coming off the bench took them, and they got a, a nice three points to... Put the pressure on Arsenal today, and if this score holds with Bournemouth, it's a huge day for City in the Premier League title race.
0: Yeah, the Premier League title race has been a ton of fun. It's something we'll be tracking. Top four race has been fun as well. As Even though we talked about Tottenham a little bit ago, they're still what, four up on Newcastle right now. And it was it was a better performance from Newcastle as they, frankly, got played off the field last Sunday. We will talk about Aaron T- Eric Ten Hag, Marcus Rashford, and United lifting that big trophy uh, as well as we get into some of the stuff that's happening off the pitch, some news and notes, some rumors, a couple of wild stories coming out of Paris as well. There's actually three of them, that all very different, uh, coming out of PSG. Not a great time to be in Paris. Coming up next here on the Soccer Show 107.7, the franchise brought to you as always by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic. The Soccer Show is on Twitter. Give us a follow at Soccer Show 107.7. You're listening to The Soccer Show here on 107.7 The Franchise. We're going to motor through this quickly because there's stuff to get to. I'm Ryan Chapman. Todd Lizenby. Playing a closed doors friendly today on The Soccer Show. Maddie Goldfish keeping us on air. Michael Branson. Very appreciative of him. We are brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic. Special thanks to them as always. Go support Oklahoma City FC this summer. As so they get that thing rolling, we'll have more and more information on how you can support That very, very fun club in the entire league. But, Todd, we've got goals in the commercial break. We're going to head back to Arsenal and Bournemouth as Neto, the Bournemouth goalkeeper, absolutely flubbed a clearance off of a set piece. It fell to Thomas Partey, who then said, you know what, Neto, I want to add insult to injury. I'm going to bang this thing off your ribs into the back of the net. And that's exactly what he did. Arsenal pegged one back. They've got 30 minutes to get a result out of this one. And and Todd, this has kind of been the story of the season for Arsenal. Yes, initially the surprise of being in a title fight, that um, they were a team that pushed, pushed, pushed for top four last year and it fell apart right at the end. But for me, it's just been nothing short of an absolute warrior mentality that that like the Gunners have shown all year long. It feels like they're never out of anything. They usually find responses and it's just been really impressive to watch. So, they've still got now it's about 23ish minutes plus added time uh to get back still a goal. Of time. Yeah, still plenty of time to get back a goal for the draw. Heaven forbid they they bang two in anything like that. Or Bournemouth like this thing is not total one-way traffic. It's mostly one way traffic, but Bournemouth has has found a moment or two on the counter as well.
1: Well, it's been yeah, it's been so one way that Bournemouth have had a few counter chances. They had a couple in the first half too, even though they only had 14% possession that they didn't they didn't take advantage of. So, there could still be another goal or two left in this match between Arsenal and Bournemouth. We also had a sending off during the break. Oh boy! As Chake Ducore for Crystal Palace got his second yellow card and got sent off. Aston Villa up 1-0 at Villa Park over Crystal Palace. So, I respect that move from uh, a him. A mid-table, meaningless matchup between those two.
0: I respect that move from him. He's just ensuring that when Ted Lasso debuts on March 15th, he won't have to do ish around training. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right. He's like, I'm, I'm f- excited for Ted Lasso to come back. Yeah, Ted Lasso coming back. Sidebar. We've got Ted Lasso, we've got Mandalorian, and we've got Secession. All coming back this month. Uh, one of those has already happened, so it should be a good month for Ryan to be a couch potato. And uh, two of those I've never seen before. Well, I, I uh, think you would like Secession, and I know you okay. like Ted Lasso. Uh, Mandalorian, it's like if you're a Star Wars person or not, which no judgment either way. Um,
1: well,
0: oh, we've got another goal. Oh, my goodness. We ah! just can't stop won't stop.
1: We've got another goal in the Brighton Hove West Ham United match. I'm waiting to see who the goal was for because I'm watching Goal Zone and it's just screaming goal but it's not telling me <laughs> who the goal was for. So Goal Zone, get that, it together. More on that as the story breaks. It's maybe it's being VAR reviewed, I don't know, but there is a goal in that match. Well, we'll it, uh,
0: it is being listed on ESPN as a Brighton goal.
1: Okay, so 3-0. 3-0, but I
0: It does sound like a VAR review. And Arsenal have just scored again. (laughs) Oh, it's over the line. Holy cow. Ben White scores for the Gunners. And as we said, Arsenal, what do they do? They respond. The Emirates is alive as uh, over the course of from when we went to commercial break to now. The Gunners have added a pair of goals. It's now 2-2. And Arsenal have 20 minutes to to ramp this thing up and somehow from down to nil take all the points
1: in this one. So and I, you know what, my guess is it's probably going to be four or two or something like that. Arsenal.
0: Yeah, they they are absolutely just teeming with confidence right now, and you can just see the body language for Bournemouth. Bournemouth, uh, they look they look like they've seen a bunch of ghosts. So you know this what one, though,
1: when you score that early. It's very easy to get way too defensive way too early. We see there's there's an old phrase in soccer. Like, seriously, people will tell you when they're the underdog and they score sometimes, and, of course, soccer fans, as we know, are so self-deprecating. They'll go, damn it, we scored too early. Yeah. And I think that's probably what Bournemouth fans felt in that one. It was great, but it was too early. And uh, Arsenal right now look like they have all the energy and Bournemouth are totally spent.
0: Yeah, and, and just the weird kind of uh, wrench in there is that, Normally, that happens when that 1-0, and then you get exactly what you saw. You get Arsenal with 80, 85 plus percent possession at times, and that that's it becomes a, okay, once the dam breaks. But then Bournemouth had went and doubled the lead and got another goal off that set piece. So right. it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see if the Cherries can find a response, but this feels like we are hurtling toward Arsenal uh, pulling one out of the fire here, which, again, this title race has been bananas because of uh, the... Like, City, when they fall behind, you're like, okay, is this a day where they're not going to get it together or are they going to fire it back? Arsenal seems to be able to, like, we've talked about this before. Every time they concede, I think it just levels them up. They get so mad that they're like, actually, I'm going to go score right now. And that usually is what happens. So a ton of fun there. While we keep an eye on that, as we will over the next 20 minutes, the Rio marquee fixture last Sunday, we had a cup final, the Carabao Cup, the League Cup. Manchester United looking to go and and win a trophy for the first time since, was it 2017, I believe? Uh, A spot that that club's not used to being in. Newcastle fans having a day out to Wembley for the first time in over 40 years. It it was a matchup teeming with storylines. You talk about Eric Ten Hag and the new era at Manchester United versus Newcastle with Eddie Howe's done new ownership group, could that be the beginning of, of what will be a really, really glorious, glittering era for Newcastle? And I think Manchester United deserve all the credit in the world. I think Eric Ten Hag deserves all the credit in the world because that was an absolute domination for me, headlined by Marcus Rashford, banging in a couple of goals, continuing his high-flying um, World Cup restart. And I think that this... It, very much so, we talked about it, of the steps that a club takes when it, when it comes to kind of getting taken over and things like that. Chelsea went through it, Man City went through it. Not a conversation usually around Manchester United, but I think that that is just merely a, an early marker for what Tin Hogg and, and this United crew can do. Not saying they're like winning the title this year, things like that, but I, I think they truly have something cooking there as far as getting back to being a lot closer to Manchester United that we're used to seeing as opposed to the one that's kind of been off in the wilderness under the Glazers after Sir Alex Ferguson stepped down. Well,
1: and listen, they're in the FA Cup quarterfinals, too. They could still pull off a domestic double this year, which would be huge. I know it's the it's both of the Cups, but that'd still be a huge domestic double for them. Um, and it's it was kind of jarring to hear how long it had been since United had a title. You know what I mean? I know they haven't been good, but it didn't seem like it had been that long. Maybe they were just so good for so long that, it just seemed like they were always right around it and they, they really haven't been though and it's it's uh, you know there it's easy it's easy as someone who supports Man City to sit back and go, oh, whatever it's a care about cup. But you're right, it is important. It is definitely important and it's super important considering where they were at literally three months ago, right? I mean it's it's amazing that Ten Hog's gotten it turned around and it's a lot of credit goes to him, but also um, I think a lot of credit needs to go to the front office, A, for letting him kind of, you know, implement his vision, and B, it needs to go to the players. They, they've had a bunch of guys who have been through a bunch of stuff off the field as far as dealing with all the Ronaldo controversy, all the Mason Greenwood stuff as well. You know, there's been a lot of racist stuff that's gone on as well that like guys like Rashford have had to deal with over the years. and 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 as we saw at Arsenal, as you see anywhere – as you're probably seeing at Chelsea right now, some of these players take a lot of abuse from the fans when they're struggling. And a lot of times it's not all their fault. And those guys fought through all of it, and that was that was an impressive victory on uh, on Sunday of last week.
0: Yeah, excuse me, I misspoke. Meant to say a pair of goals for United, one for Rashford. Uh, that one was, for Casemiro, yeah, yeah. One for Rashford, one for Casemiro, not two for Rashford, my apologies. Even though uh, Rashford has been scoring so much just for oh, fun that he, he seems like he could have just, as many as possible.
1: Martinelli just about made it 3-2 Arsenal.
0: Yeah, well, th- and there was a ball pinging around in the box on the other end <laughs> there a second yeah. ago. But that that the difference, right, of Ronaldo being the aging world superstar as a part of that squad and just what it did to... Like, we've talked about the reporting around how disjoint the preseason was, Ronaldo and Hogg not getting along and Hog trying to bring him in, then Ronaldo basically be like, Nope. The difference of bringing in a guy like Casemiro, who has just won, won, continued to win. And I think you can see the not having Ronaldo in the locker room, kind of the one voice type thing, that voice being from the manager of Tin Hogg. But Casemiro has been outstanding, absolutely outstanding for Manchester United coming in. And, and that was something that you knew the that he had the quality, but everyone kind of side-eyed that or a lot of people side-eyed that transfer um, as it happened, I'm just going, is he going to be too late on in his career or anything like that to make the adjustment? He's slotted in. He's been just, looks like he was born to play in the Premier League and, and a fantastic addition for Manchester United. And not excited with my Chelsea hat on about where Manchester United are going, as it looks like they're building back. But just from the forefront of wanting as many teams as possible, duking it out at the top, it looks like Manchester United, Arsenal, City, all of those teams should be there fighting for the title next year. And then, you know, Liverpool, if they can get healthier and, and kind of refresh the squad a little bit, like, it's shaping up to, it could be really, really, really fun in the Premier League next year, Time.
1: Do you remember early in the year, like, Christian Erickson was playing as a lone holding midfielder for Man United? Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of the conversation we have around quarterbacks in football. A guy like a Dak Prescott, do you, do you overpay him? Yes, because the option is not having him right and and did United overpay for Casemiro probably i mean they probably played, paid more than market value but they needed him um and and he has come through for them so yeah i mean I, I think he's been worth every penny so far um and he's been a huge addition for them and and i do think all the ronaldo drama kind of being over and you know everyone on the team and the front office backing ten hag through that i think has has garnered them a lot of momentum for sure
0: Absolutely. United will be back in action tomorrow against Liverpool. Uh, We will preview that one uh, here in a little bit as we kind of go off air. But there were a couple of off-the-field stories that I wanted to touch on. First, let's stay in England. I mentioned Liverpool. They'll be playing United tomorrow. News came out, uh, reports, rumors, all the stuff that Robert Firmino, Bobby Firmino, has informed Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool that he would like to leave the club after this season I didn't see anyone come back out Todd and deny that decision or anything like that or deny that report but if that does come through uh, part of me is going to be a little bit sad because it it truly is kind of a a turning over of that era of Liverpool where for so long you had you know Mane, Salah, Firmino and and just that link-up play and now it's going to be Salah as they kind of bring in Nunez and Cody Gakpo, it's turning the page of the next chapter of what Liverpool are going to be under Klopp. Yeah, I'm
1: going to miss Bobby Chompers floating around uh, on the uh, Liverpool side, but I, you know, I, it's kind of a normal thing, right? When Liverpool, a team like Liverpool that have been so good, struggle like they have this year, you're going to have guys that want out. That's the way the world of sports works nowadays, and it's certainly the way it works in. Uh, the Premier League, as well as, Ooh, I'm sorry, I'm getting caught up in this Arsenal match. No, right now. it's
0: it is uh, Arsenal are just absolutely <laughs> pelting, pelting we had a, the board. A shout with for gold.
1: handball in the box. Let's take a look at the replay. Yeah, I, that won't be given. Yeah, that um, one, that
0: one, I do not believe is a uh, handball. So no, we'll just take the corner.
1: No, I think everyone does that now. If it goes off of anyone, you just throw your arms up and go, "Hey, handball!" But um, yeah, it's it's a little bit surprising that he wants out, but. Also like I think Arsenal or not Arsenal I think Liverpool have they've kind of prepared for this right with some of the players that they've brought in um they at least they have a soft landing with Núñez and with Gakpo coming in both of which have been pretty good here recently you know all things considered where they were earlier in the year I think Liverpool have have rebounded okay this is a lost season for them because of injuries right right and and I think when when you have injuries, when you struggle, there's always tension, and it sounds like there's a lot of tension between Firmino and Klopp.
0: Well, and and just on top of that, floating out in the background is that Fenway Sports Group are, are trying to explore selling the club. So not only is it transition on the field, you got tons of injuries. Uh, Jurgen Klopp's kind of having to. Um, for very different reasons, and it's a different situation, but Jurgen Klopp, I feel like, is kind of in a similar spot that Thomas Tuchel was toward the end of last year for Chelsea, where he's kind of having to be the spokesman for what's happening on the field, what's happening off the field, as as there's just a lot of flux and a lot of change surrounding Liverpool right now. So, interesting to see how, how that kind of pans out and plays out um, as, yeah... It, Especially in soccer, if you when you're oh, successful s- to have
1: a handball given. Oh boy! In the uh, they're going to VAR a different the handball. Corner. A different handball. Oh no!
0: Did you see this yeah, one? That looks. That needs to be given. He. <laughs> it looks like the Bournemouth defender has his. Well, maybe on the second. He look. brought his hand in. Yeah, like, on I don't the second. Know what else he's supposed on, to do? On the first, the so what they're looking at right now is the side view. <laughs> the the view from like what looks like the corner flag. That view does not look like a handball. The one that had uh Okay, they didn't give it. They didn't give it. They didn't give it. That wow. other angle looked uh the one where you're the camera's firing straight behind into the, the goal, yeah, yeah, behind the action. Yeah. That one looked like it did, but uh yeah, on second review, I think I agree with him there. I think that the VAR crew has done a pretty decent job here over the last 10 minutes in this Arsenal Bournemouth game, which is not I bet something the Arsenal you hear fans don't think me. that. I would uh, they would probably agree. <laughs> and you know what? Uh VARs done nothing to build any leeway. So the yeah. Arsenal fans, if you have your quarrel, go for it because VAR has largely stunk. Uh, real quick, three stories out of PSG. Uh, we'll rapid fire the first one. It sounds like we're getting closer and closer to Leo Messi not signing back with PSG at the end of this season and going to Inter-Miami in the MLS, which is just wild as uh, uh, where that's going. Uh, Todd, just real quick, it, how stunning would that be for Messi just to go to MLS at this part in his career when he just came off a of World Cup and what will be a Ballon d'Or season? Well,
1: it would be wild, but it would be a huge coup for MLS. I'll tell you yes. that much. I mean, I, like, I know that he's technically he's an aging star, but he, he is the biggest star that the MLS will ever have gotten by a long shot. And, and I do think he still has a little bit of gas left in the tank. And just as far as marketing goes, that would be a huge coup for the MLS if they could pull that off.
0: Uh, shout out to the MLS as well, who just had to hammer Inter-Miami last season for just having no care at all for what the actual rules are as far as uh, how to build a roster. And then Don Garber is like, we're actually working with Inter-Miami to make it work if Leo Messi can go. Right. So, yeah. so basically, in the, they are. In the very they next offseason, just MLS things. That's the story that we are normally equipped to handle out of PSG. The other two are just wild. Do you want to start with Hakimi or do you want to start with Al-Khalif? Hakimis is pretty
1: straightforward. Uh, he's he's being charged with rape. I mean, yes. there's there's no there's no easy way to say this. He's being charged with rape, which does not look good.
0: It does not look good uh, that reporting around Hakimis camp is they felt pretty confident that this was a uh, false claim and that it was going to be taken care of, and then like two days later, the parish judges went forward with uh, you know indicting him. So that'll be uh, a court process that we're going to be watching. Obviously not good either way. So um hope everything ends up okay there. The other one I just don't really know how to talk about other than all right, Al Khalifi, he is the head of PSG, right? He works. Qatari. Yeah, he's Qatari. He works very closely with UEFA. He has been one of the people that's been kind of defiant in the face of the Super League, which might not make a ton of sense if you're thinking of PSG and, and what France's just T V deal is for Uh, that league and everything three Parisian judges are investigating or investigating a case where he is being accused of kidnapping blackmail and torturing a reporter who is said to have had uh, unsavory details about him and his dealings at PSG, which was just an absolutely wild headline. And then I saw it, it, it came from the quip. Okay. So it's not like the sun in, in England, And, like, nobody touched it. No one talked about it. Nobody touched it. And I was like, guys, is this still happening? Is this thing still going on? Because that is the most outrageous headline uh, since we talked about pig's heads being delivered in Italy last week.
1: Right, right. Again, soccer gives you the craziest headlines, doesn't it? And uh, I haven't seen any reporting, like, to – what's the word I'm looking for? To uh, to – To dispel, dispel dispel, that's the exact word I was looking for, to dispel that reporting. I haven't seen any counter-reporting on it, but like you said, there hasn't been much more about it than that original story, so definitely one to keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, that'll be interesting. I'm interested to see how blackmail and torture gets tabulated in PSG's books and to see if that uh, is a plus or minus to their financial fair play. Well, now Qatar's got to start a golf league, I guess. May, is that why they're trying to buy Man United? So they can it just might, be like, actually, be. he's the idiot at PSG. <laughs> Qatar is putting all of their money behind United. We want to watch our hands of all of this. It might be. It might be. Interesting, interesting stuff, indeed. That's Todd Lizabee. I'm Ryan Chapman. Maddie Goldfish, Matt Goldbranson keeping us on air. On the other side, we will put a bow on this round of Premier League fixtures in its time slot, at least, as well as previewing. The big one tomorrow, Manchester United, Liverpool. What's that going to mean for how this top four race is shaping up? What's that going to mean for everything in general? Coming up on the other side here on the Soccer Show on 107.7, the franchise brought to you as always by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic. You're listening to The Soccer Show, brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic on 107.7 The Franchise. Final segment of The Soccer Show here on 107.7 The Franchise, brought to you as always by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic. Ryan Chapman. More goals. Tidy Goldfish, who's about to mash that goal button. Where do you want to start? The Amex or you no, want to no, no, start? No. I want to start with the most muscular man in world football. <laughs> Adama Troyore bangs one home for Wolves. Wolves are now up on Tottenham Hotspur 1-0 in but the It was a juicy finish, minute. wasn't it? It was. Also, unless it's just not updating, why is that game like five minutes behind every other game that's happening right now? What, what what went on there? Was, was there a lot of extra I don't know. first half at a time? I don't know the answer to
1: that, but I uh, there what went in during the break as well. No! At the MX, no! the great Daniel Welbeck adds the fourth for Brighton. They lead West Ham United 4-0 as they're into the stoppage time there.
0: Just a goal bonanza
1: at right. Six minutes of stoppage time for Arsenal Bournemouth as well.
0: Yeah, and that one is still 2-all. So, Arsenal doing everything they can to... They had fallen down 2-0. It was the the goal in 9 seconds, and then an early set piece conceded out of the dressing room but Arsenal got a couple of those goals back from about the 60th minute to the 70th minute marks when they got those. Uh, just real quick, Todd, do you think that this young, plucky, fun Brighton side, like maybe Chelsea should consider this Deserbery guy? Like I think that the the Brighton manager coming on end would be pretty good for Chelsea Football Club. Yeah, right,
1: like they right. like they're punching above so well their weight. Time.
0: They're punching above their weight now. Imagine if you were to give a Brighton manager the financial backing of a club like Chelsea, what he could do.
1: Hey, man, I every once in a while I get some things right. Uh, I was right on OU Basketball this year. I uh, was right on uh, – I've been right on Russell Westbrook for a long time, uh, 0-5 with the Clippers, no big deal. And I told you earlier after Deserby uh, got started, I told you that I liked what I saw from Brighton, and they have been really, really good the last month and a half of the season.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. They, they've been outstanding. Uh, they The trouble with Brighton – Funny enough, there was a graphic put up that was uh, Graham Potter's Brighton and Graham Potter's Chelsea, and they're basically <laughs> – Brighton were ninth, Chelsea were tenth. They were had bas- the same expected goals, underperforming, things like that. The has come in and just been like, hey, you guys are allowed to score. I know that Graham Potter is actually opposed to scoring goals. You guys are allowed to score. The Brighton squad was like, whoa, unbelievable. As I say all that, Chelsea have finally won a match. That Chelsea one was final. have
1: won. Holy cow! It's the upset of the day. Upset the of the day. Are now back.
0: they still haven't proven that they can score two goals in one match under Potter, which means that turning that well, thing around against Dortmund. Zero. Well, they need two goals to beat Dortmund. Todd. that. I don't know. I guess they can go to penalties. But is anyone, tr- is anyone trusting Keppa Aretha Balaga in a penalty shootout? No, I am not. Not at all. I not am not at all. Not. We are. We've got bonus coverage now. Edge of our seats as. Arsenal is trying to get this thing done. That Brighton match went final, so Man City 2-0 winners over Newcastle. That was the morning game. Chelsea beat Leeds 1-0 today. Brighton put the 4 spot on West Ham 4-0. Wolves are currently up on Tottenham 1-0. There's about two minutes left before we get to added time there. Villa up 1-0 on Palace. That one's into the fourth minute of added time. Arsenal and Bournemouth 2-2 as Arsenal are once again pelting the Bournemouth goal with about two minutes left to win that matchup there. Just update real quick, you.
1: Southampton, oh. Southampton, Leicester later today. Tomorrow, Nottingham Forest and Everton. A big relegation six-pointer there. And Liverpool, Man United tomorrow at 10.30, a match that used to mean a lot more. Uh, and ironically, here lately, it's not meant much because United have been down. And right now, it's Liverpool that are down. Uh, but then Brentford and Fulham is the Monday match this week as well.
0: Yeah, let's dive into that United-Liverpool matchup. That one's the 10:30 game tomorrow if you're in the central time zone. Uh, Liverpool have looked a little bit better on their league form. Uh, they've cut out a few of those losses that, that had kind of been popping up here and there. But for me, this one's all about Manchester United and you've won the trophy. Now I want to see this squad go and immediately refocus and get straight back into the Premier League and say, Okay, We won the Carabao Cup. That's behind us. We've been excellent in the Premier League, especially since the World Cup break. I, I want to see this team go to Liverpool and, and say, we- we're not going to be unaffected. We're unaffected by the success. We're just going to use that as momentum to continue to build and build and build. As you said, that there's another trophy on the horizon for Manchester United to win this year with the FA Cup.
1: I fee- I'm i feeling a Liverpool win tomorrow. I'm thinking L- maybe a 2-1 clock Liverpool. Magic. little clock magic. Uh, I think you know, maybe a little bit too much champagne after last Sunday. Did you happen to hear uh, Pep Guardiola's quote about the Carabao Cup? Uh, I did not. I was just focused.
0: A lot of like Tin Hag forgetting to bring the Carabao Cup right after his press yeah, conference. i like, wait, funny. wait, wait, we need that?
1: It was funny. Uh, Pep Guardiola was asked about it, and he goes, yeah, I remember our first time winning the Careback Cup, too. <laughs> we were all excited, and then, you know, we won it four times, and it was like, okay, another one. <laughs> Fair enough. In other, words, in other words, like, talk to us when you won four or five of them. But, um, no, I, I, I think with all the stuff going on around Liverpool, and, you know, quietly, as I mentioned, I know they lost 5-2 to Real Madrid, but that first 30 minutes they played against Real Madrid to get up 2-0 was not bad at all. You know, they, they have had their moments here lately. And uh I I don't know. I feel like at Anfield, I feel the crowds obviously gonna be juicing that rivalry matchup, the Derby matchup. I think Liverpool get it done tomorrow. Two one's gonna be by prediction.
0: I, I like it. I like it. I will not be going that way. I I do think United are gonna win that thing and keep this rolling. And that will what that'll do at the top is kind of a big separation, right? You've got Arsenal and City there in the title fight. United there, I don't know if on the heels is the right word. Right now they're sitting on 49 points. City's got 58 ahead of them. But there would be a clear separation there as Tottenham are in fourth on 45 points. If they're unable to turn this thing around here against Wolves, they'll stay parked there. And and United have a chance to to really say, here are the top three in the Champions League spots. This is nailed down. Don't have to worry about that. And the rest of you loons can play top four as lava behind us.
1: Right. By the way, we have a final corner kick here for Arsenal. This probably is the match. Uh, do you have.
0: Oh my goodness. Just. At the after death for Arsenal. The script writers. Yeah, you need all of the goals. The script That was the last kick of the game for Arsenal. It's, that was pretty awesome, not going to lie. It falls off the corner. Was it Gabrielle? Toward the back of the box. Surely that was, wasn't Gabrielle. And you had Reese Nelson just Reese absolutely Nelson,
1: holy cow
0: thunder it into the side netting. It flashed across Netto's face in goal. It is pandemonium at the Emirates.
1: You, i got to be honest with you. There were six minutes of stoppage time given, and Bournemouth cleared the ball away at 96-20, and I thought, there goes the whistle, and it didn't happen. And, uh, yeah, the extra corner kick comes to Arsenal, and Arsenal are going to sneak away with a win.
0: Yeah, Reece Nelson was positioned at the backside of, like, the top of the arc. Uh, what we all affectionately know is he was the garbage man on that corner kick. Uh, there to just clean everything up. Bournemouth clears it out. It falls straight to him. There's no one around him marking it. He just flicks it in and then side netting across everything. That was, oh my gosh, the the view behind the goal uh, behind the goalkeeper is he just bent that through basically three Bournemouth defenders. That's wild. That is, hey, when it's your year, it's your year, man. That is stuff of champions. That is script writer. Premier League script writers keeping us on the edge of our seat to the very end. Todd, I'm sorry as a city fan, but that was freaking awesome. See Goldfish? Now you see why we love this sport. <laughs> that don't was you. freaking awesome. It's now, yeah, today's been pretty good. And that, the worst part though is that we then have to like Send everybody out there to kick the ball once before we can do the full time instead of just calling right, it because right, we knew that was the last right. kick. So everyone, everyone celebrated. Line back up. Now the full time blows, and then you get to celebrate again. I don't know if I love that or hate that. I, I think I actually love that. The, you know, I'm coming all the way around. The second celebration, I'm loving it. And yeah, the the Emirates looks like the place to be right now, man. Uh, that that is full-time, an absolute scene.
1: Full time three two Arsenal. Arsenal fan TV is not near as fun as it used
0: to be. <laughs> Correct. I I don't <laughs> when they're good. I I don't care to watch Arsenal fan TV when they say, Ah, yeah, Reece Nelson. Will. I'm like, no. no. I, I there no. there are no. Uh, I'm tired. Robbies coming through anymore. With,
1: also also the late matches today. One nil Chelsea beat uh, Leeds United. Aston Villa one nil over Palace. Brighton four nil over West Ham. And Wolves did go ahead and finish off Tottenham. One nil Wolves with the win there. Hey, real quick. I know we're running short on time. The FA Cup quarterfinals. Huge Grimsby Town, who are, I think they're like 17th in League 2, Ryan. Not just League 2, they but town the, the quarterfinals. pyramid, Two. Yeah, exactly. That's the fourth tier of British soccer, of English soccer, and they are 17th. And, to, uh, in, and they got to win. They're almost in the
0: relegation zone.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. They're about to get knocked out of League 2. Now, they're a 24 team, so they're a little ways off. But still, I mean, they're way down the table in League 2, the fourth tier. And they are into the final eight of the FA Cup. It is why they call it the magic of the FA Cup. And um they had the draw for the final eight. And I thought probably the most interesting part of the draw, you saw who Man City drew, didn't you?
0: Uh I actually did not. I've been shunning the FA Cup draw. Man I'm City.
1: Man City will host Man City will host Burnley, who are managed oh, by beautiful. Vincent Company, who's a Man City legend. So Burnley, who are actually top of the championship right now and favorites to be promoted to the Premier League under former Man City legend, the defender Vincent Company. Company will be back at the Eddie Hedge. Should be pretty cool scenes there. I think those matches are like the 17th through the 19th of March.
0: Yeah, Sheffield dumped out Tottenham, which means that if Sheffield weren't just the biggest villains in the world, we would have had Wrexham here, because that's how that works. That uh, I know, Rex- I know. Clearly, Wrexham at the racehorse ground. They, they were not going to be... Fearing no Tottenham, Hotspur and you,
1: Sheffield get an all Championship draw in the quarterfinals. Sheffield and Blackburn Rovers. For we're, all you old school Premier League fans, we're going to have um, some Grimsby Town, Town get to go to the. Yeah, Grimsby Town get to go to the Amex and take on Brighton, and then Man United and Fulham is the other quarterf- quarterfinal matchup.
0: Well, Todd, uh, I don't know how much more of an exciting show we could have as we are going off air. Mikel Arteta is high fiving anyone who who is in his uh, in his line of sight. Arsenal turned that thing all the way around, down 2-0, wins it 3-2. a goal two. in the
1: first nine seconds and a goal It'll, in the last nine I seconds? Know, I you know, I know. This,
0: <laughs> I don't know how you could book in a game much better, and we're not even going to try to top that. We're just going to close up shop, come back next week, same time, same place. You know where to find us here on the franchise. Stick around. We'll have v coming up next at 2 p.m., Oklahoma. Thanks to our sponsors,
1: Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic.
0: Yes, absolutely. Always a massive thank you to OKC FC, Oklahoma City FC, and the Broadway Clinic. Uh, at 2 p.m., Oklahoma will take on TCU in their home High school finale. basketball first. We'll have high school, high school basketball, basketball before that. Noon. High uh, school basketball at noon, and then it goes right into OU pregame. We'll link up with Toby Rowland and mm-hmm. Crew at 1.30 yep. straight to 2 p.m. So all the basketball, all the hoops you could want happening today here on The Franchise. But for Matt Goldbranson, for Todd Lindsay, I'm Ryan Chapman. Again, we love you, Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic. Thank you so much. We will talk to you guys next week.